I wish I could have been a fly on the wall when you and Koppelman are going to a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. The marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Welcome to The Marinade with Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 114, and our guest for the second time is Michael McDermott. To paraphrase BJ Barham, Michael has come out of the darkness to be the light. His illustrious career goes back to the early 90s. For many folks, he is the best songwriter you've never heard of. For others, he is the voice of multiple generations. His most recent record, St. Paul's Boulevard, is my favorite thing he's done. McDermott builds this world and trusts himself and his collaborators to guide, but not totally lead the listener. It's an immersive experience, much like this conversation with the man himself. Everyone, for the second time, my conversation with Michael McDermott. No, you sound good. You sound okay. good. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Good to see you again, buddy. It's been two years. Yeah. How have you been? I've been well. I've been well. Thanks. Yeah. Um, just really fortunate. <laughs> just yeah, like, good. yeah, yeah. Things have been, things have been good. How about you? Good. Same, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's been, um, I was reflecting on like, um, we recorded an episode of the marinade right when shit was still crazy. Right. We were still yeah. like, not that it's not crazy now, but we were, everybody was under quarantine. You had just released a, a wonderful record. And it's interesting how like, you know, music always reminds me of time and place, you know, and I think it does that for so many of us. Right. Um, but it's, it's so interesting to think about like the records I was listening to at that time and your last record was one that I was just like wearing out, you know, I was listening to it constantly and it was, it was so poignant for the moment, but also I just, it, it just resonated with me. And I, I loved our conversation. Like of all I I've done this, what are we on 116 episodes? And I like, that is so that, that conversation is so fresh in my mind. It was like what I needed in that moment, 
you know, the connection that we had in that moment. So it's been fun to kind of go into your new record and then think about where things were then and where I was then and what life was like then, because it, it feels so present and so immediate when I think about that time and the connection right. I have to that record. Well, it's good to hear you say that things have been so good for you. Cause I don't think, a, I don't think a lot of people say that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, no, I think you're right, but I, I've been really fortunate, but I also like, I think one of the things that's happened in the last couple of years is that we've all kind of been forced to, I'm recently been reflecting on this. We've all been kind of forced to like take stock of so many things. And like the last couple of months in my life have been super heavy, but I feel more equipped to handle them. Yes. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. I think it's, <clears throat> I think there was a, a, um, a palpable shift in priorities for people, you know, I mean, I think uh, everybody kind of got their shit together. I, I hope some didn't, you know, I <laughs> joked about, um, you know, that um, if some people are on their deathbed and they'd, and they go to meet the, the, the creator and they say, can I just get a little more time? And he'd be, and the creator would say more time. I gave you two years. All you did was binge watch on Netflix. <laughs> what did you do at that time? I gave you that, that pause button and time to get your shit together. And, and, and some of us did, I think, I mean, but you, you know, it's like you said, um, yeah, it's been, it was a good thing. I mean, I, I needed it, you know? Yeah, no, that pause button is exactly it. Like it, yeah, exactly. And, and I, you know, I, I look at where I am now and, and I, it's interesting also though, and I'm interested in, in hearing your perspective on this and what's been happening with you. Like I just recently have been getting out, right. Mm. J just recently been going to do things. I mean, I, I have stayed home pretty much for two years. You know, I, I, right after you and I uh, talked, I got a job working from home. I have been staying home. I, you know, I go to the store or whatever, but I rarely have left the house and finally I started to travel a little bit. I just got back from Colorado. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was great. And I went hiking uh, in the, in the, uh, spent four days in the wilderness and wow. got to, yeah. And just like got a chance to kind of really unplug and, and really get some perspective. And it, that's one thing we have been missing. And that's one thing that was incredibly helpful for me. Like today, I feel more relaxed than I have in so long because yeah. I just got back last night at like two in the morning. And just like, I'm still feeling that. Right. That, 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 that separation from my day to day, you know, right. that right. has been missing for so long. Cause the day to day, like, especially working from home, like the day to day was so it was here, it was contained right here, you know, right. it's super helpful. Yeah. No, and, so I, and that's rare too. I think that people take a trip and come back relaxed. Cause most of your, most trips, I think generally are stressful times. You know, you go to, wherever you got to sightsee, you got to get, figure out the new tran public transportation system. And then you come back from your vacation <laughs> exhausted, you know, mm -hmm. but you went and reconnected with, you know, the divine and, uh, and that, that then energizes you as opposed to, you know, sucks more energy out of you. you know? Man, that's, yeah, that's really well, that's beautifully said. And, and there was a lot of stress leading up to the trip too, um, because, I so my my hiking buddy is a, a big Trump supporter. Oh, uh, yeah, and yeah. I, I I almost didn't go. I almost right. didn't go. You know, because it's like 
I love this person. Right. And, yeah. and he's, he's my only friend really that is a Trump supporter left. Right. Like I've pretty yeah. much cut everybody else out except this, I held on this one guy, you know, <laughs> he's going down. With shit. Yeah. <laughs> Hanging on to this one guy. And it's really hard, especially with what, you know, with the court's decisions lately. Right. Um, it, it, like it, everything felt so intense, you know, like I had this like knot in my chest. I'm super glad that we had to reschedule this because that morning that we were supposed to record a couple of weeks ago, yeah. um, dude, I was just in tears all morning. Oh, it was just yeah. like, it was like everything had hit me so hard. And that on that it converged on that day, you know, and I almost didn't go on this trip, but you know what? We got out in the wilderness and we didn't talk about politics really? at, all. at all. We were just surviving. You know, we were just trying to like get through the day. Where are we going to camp? How are we going to, you know, it was raining the whole time. Like, and it, and it really helped me to step back yeah. and be like, okay, this is a human, right? This is, this is a person I love. I think it's abhorrent what they support. But this right. is a person that I love that I'm in it together in this universe with right on this earth with. Cause then did you, you do have things in common, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, sure. you know, they always say there's, we have more in common than we have in different indifferences, you know, and like, and I think that sounds great. I don't know if that's entirely true, but I mean, I guess it, you know, if you break it down, sure. Survival, love, family, all those kinds of things, but you want, you know, I, I'd be, the, the, the tempting thing for me putting myself in your shoes would be around the campfire to be like, so, dude, I got to ask you, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know that's, a, you know, it just be on the tip of my tongue the entire time. But yeah, yeah. Glad well, you know, two years ago or la no, I'm sorry, last year. Yeah. Last year we went to Glacier and I mean, same thing, four days in the, in the back country. Um, and we talked about politics at the, I guess, politics. We briefly talked about COVID at the beginning of the trip yeah. and he, I hit him with facts and he got right. angry yeah. And, and he's like, I don't want to talk about politics. And I said, okay. And then I spent, Michael, I spent the whole hike stewing, right. thinking about politics. And that's right. why I almost didn't go this year, but right. this year I was just like, let go, dude, you have to right. let go. You're here to have fun. You're here right. to, to, de to detach, detach. Yes. Right. Right. And it worked. <laughs> um, well, good. I'm, I'm so glad. He, I mean, yeah, it's amazing. It didn't come up even just like on the on the trip back to civilization, like, you know, you know. well, and it usually does. It usually does on the way back yeah. to civilization. But what was interesting about this trip, too, was that there was uh, a third guy who joined us who's never okay. gone. He's never gone with us. He's never gone on a hike yeah. at all. And um, he is from the same part of the world as my buddy. Um here in central Florida and you know, I'm in Orlando, so I'm in kind of a liberal bubble. And if you get outside right. of Orlando, then it gets to the Florida man kind of stereotype. And um, so these guys live in, in a town kind of like the one I grew up in. That is the stereotype that you think of if you're outside of Florida looking in. And so I was kind of worried about this guy because he's a wild card, right? Like, right. I don't know. I don't right. know this guy. I don't know. This guy. Right. He, he might be Trumpier than my right. buddy. Right. Sure. So I, we, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like Trump, but, I, but I'm a QAnon. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And so we get to like the fourth day and I had a little bout of, uh, of altitude sickness and, oh. and this guy that had, had joined us for the first time was really struggling. Like it was his first hike yeah. and it was a pretty strenuous hike. And so, uh, we were kind of ended up falling behind the two of us and started talking and getting to know each other. And he said something that I thought was just so beautiful. He said, oh. 
I I'm, he's like, you know, I don't know how politics came up, but it came up on that in that moment as I'm about to throw up. And, (laughs) and so he's like, I, he goes, I really haven't been into politics until the last six years. And I was like, well, that makes sense. Of course. Right. right? It's kind of necessary these days. And he said, um, he goes, what I've learned is if I'm not educated about it, I don't speak on it. Good man. (laughs) Right. Right. And I was like, oh, man, there's a lesson there. You know, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I feel like I'm pretty educated on, on most things that I speak on. Right. But it's, it just kind of gave me pause to go like, wait a minute. Right. I, am I spouting off about shit? I right. don't understand. Yeah, I'm, I'm quick to say, I don't know a lot about it. And, you know, that's a lot of my lead into sentences, you know, because, yeah. you know, also it puts people at ease that you're not trying to, to teach them, you know, like. It's kind of more more of a peaceful way to approach a squirrel, you know. You know like, don't, <laughs> dude, no drastic movements, no arms flinging, and you know you're going to scare the people off. So just like, so I don't know a lot about this, but what I what my understanding of it is, blah blah blah, you know. Yeah, and yeah. Kind of a way to put people at ease a little bit, you know. Before, but I had a piano tuner come out. I so I don't know if I talked to you if it was early pandemic. I think it was after that. So I had a couple of just. Uh, crazy things and so i had somebody i got an electric car so i had to have somebody put the electricity in so a guy was recommended comes over and at some point i think we had the google on and it was a local radio station and they played a song of mine and my wife said something hey they you know and uh and the guy said and she said that's kind of a big deal or something like just about like that they played this old song and he said big deal and uh she's like oh yeah he was uh just on the radio or something and he went you know it was a big deal and she was like oh who and he goes me and we're we're, oh and he said uh you know he said uh do you know the um you know the movie my cousin vinny and uh we're like "Uh uh-huh and he said i wrote that and i was like really i was like huh you know and i'm pretty sure just based on looks that he probably wasn't in the movie business, but you know, it's possible. And then he said, uh, do you know, um, do you know the song uh, Tears in Heaven? I said, Eric Clapton? And he said, yeah. He's like, that was mine. And my wife's going, oh my God, I can't believe it. And I'm just like, we know that's not true. Uh, you know, I think it was Waylon Jennings and Eric Clapton or something that wrote it. And then he went into, and he's like, this one will blow your mind. What? He said, Vogue. I said, by Madonna. He said, I wrote that. And, he, and my wife's like, oh my God, that's incredible. I was like, don't encourage him. You know, this he's a, the man is clearly not right. I mean, these are all disprovable things pretty easily. And of yeah. course, I did just because, you know, it's a weird world that, you know, of course he had nothing to do with it. So then I have a piano tuner come over just a couple of weeks ago. And she, you know, and I, and I had a feeling about her again, judging the book by its cover. And then she, I said, so how have you been? you know, and which was a mistake. And then she said, well, you know, I've lost a couple of people and Cole and I'm so, I'm so sorry to hear that. And then she said, you know, in this country, and I said, oh yeah. And then she, you know, then of course said, you know, Biden with the, just opened the pipeline. And I was like, yeah, see, well, it's just, doesn't really work that way, you know? And so then we go into this thing and I thought, okay, calm yourself, just go sit down and look, just, you kind of knew this was coming, just sit down. And, and I couldn't do it. I sat for 30 seconds and let her riff and then I was like, and I, at some point I was like, oh, get the fuck out of here. Like, you can't believe that. And then I stood up and, and then that was it. And so finally I had to leave my own studio. 
just because I felt bad and I was getting really up, you know, I, I, I was so disappointed at myself that I couldn't just try to calmly have a conversation. You know, I just couldn't because it was just so crazy, you know, and I said, listen, I was in New York all through the 90s and, you know, Trump's been a criminal forever, you know, like everybody knew he was a joke, you know, and a, and a crook. And, and she's like, what about Burisma? And I was like, oh, come on. You know, like, and, that, <laughs> and I left and I walked out of the studio with her still talking and that was it. And I went and told my wife, I was like, oh my God, you won't believe what just happened. And then just a few weeks ago at the airport, my bag got flagged because of the harmonicas. They looked like magazine clips. And I said, and I was like, oh, okay, interesting. I know, I, I never heard that. She said, well, they look like bullets. And I was like, oh my God. So then she's like, you know, you wouldn't believe the things that people try to sneak through there. I'm like, oh, I can imagine. And then uh, she said, uh, and then I was like, okay, good. And she's like, just, you know, want my country back. And I was like, yes, absolutely. You know, the guns are, you know, and she's like, and the fucking gas prices, you know, Biden. And I was like, oh, geez. oh my God. And I was just like, how did we, I was confused. I was disoriented because, wait a minute. I thought we were, no, okay, you just pulled a fast one on me. You pulled the rug. And then yeah. I was like, oh, come on, man. You know, like, so anyway, so that was, uh, those were my little, just all in a row. And you know, it's still out there, man. It's still running, running crazy. Well, you taught you disorienting, I think is such a great way to describe it. Those moments keep happening. And I think the more I'm out away from my, from my day to day, the more those disorienting moments are happening. Yeah. Know, right? right. It's like, especially because I get my own worldview reinforced so much by the people that right. I hang out with, right. by the media I consume, uh, every artist I interview for the marinade agrees with me 99% of right. the time on things. So I'm constantly in that echo chamber and it was really interesting to get out. We drove through Lauren Boebert's uh, district yeah. when we were out in Colorado. Yeah. And what was that like? It was what you think it was like, yeah. you know, Trump flags everywhere. Oh, wow, and, yeah. you know, and, and I, I go home a lot to my, my dad's uh, health is not great at the moment. And so I'm spending a lot of time in my hometown, which is very much that way, you know? And, um, and so if it felt like that, you know, when I was out there, it felt like that. And it's so weird being in my bubble because it's like where are these fucking people <laughs> you know <laughs> right where are these right. motherfuckers right and, uh they're out there you know and, yeah. and and uh it was interesting being in colorado and also like the fourth of july was disorienting this year i think it was for a lot of us um yes you know because like out in colorado people were really doing it up you know and there's yeah. like parades everywhere every little town had a parade and, and there was so much joy around it wow. and then and then like for me i was just like i don't i feel so weird and conflicted about this holiday yeah. um it's such an odd thing independence but day what do you independent who's what yeah for who's in yeah who's, who's independent yeah um yeah here too in this town i think i told you that too so you know we're in illinois but it's a i'm in a red town you know and uh, it's weird and it's you know it's the thing is and you know the, the the Trump thing, even though the, I'm sure you read the New York Times thing about his polling and it's all terrible. And DeSantis now is they're all kind of thinking maybe he's the next in line. He's got next, but um, but yeah, it's the the thing that's disorienting is is that it's not even American. They're beholden to a guy. It's not even if they were really like American patriots. Like I just love America so much it drives me crazy. It would be insane but i would make it would make more sense to me than the guy the guy like trump is america he's not even he's just you know they they worship at the altar of a guy not not of a even of a fictional land 
or an ideal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, St. Paul's Boulevard is beautiful. Perfect segue. Natural segue. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Your record of St. Paul's Boulevard is beautiful, man. I, there's so much I like about it. I, so one thing I really like is dude, you, you went and put 15 songs on this record. Yes. And, and, and I, I just feel like we don't get that a lot. You know, a lot of times it's it's down to, you know, seven to 10 songs, maybe 12 right. at the most. But it's 15 songs, not a single miss. Just every single song is a banger. Every single song is dripping with imagery. Every single song is dripping with empathy. And I'm interested in so much about it. But starting off with just the the intro, can you talk uh, about like that that first 37 second clip at the beginning? Yeah, it was a kind of an accident. I wanted some uh, Stephen Gillis, who produced the record with me. He kind of wanted just some city noise, you know, because because St. Paul, Paul's Boulevard is a fictional place. However, in my mind, it's kind of a more of a specific area of Chicago. Um, so we wanted just some sounds from it. And so my my friend, uh, EQ, who was going to see my wife play a gig and I said hey dude you know during a break will you go out and just get some you know the L train and da 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 and so he was standing there recording the L train and this guy comes up to him and just says hey man you know and he just goes into this riff that's on there and he was recording and the guy didn't know and uh and he ended up giving him some money and um it was a longer clip but we edited it and uh and it was just, you know, the fact that in, whether it was a grift or not, I don't know, probably, you know, how those things go. But because uh, he seemed awfully specific about his plight and, you know, like, you know, had, his mom's an abusive relationship and goes into all these things. And, um, so it, it just seemed kind of fitting for a guy downtrodden. And yet he said, tomorrow's a new day. And there's a song New Year's Day on it. It just seemed like this real gift from the universe to be like, that's just almost, that, you know, that's kind of everything about the record. I thought, you know, like, let's put it on there. And Anamkara is a Gaelic word for soul friend. And uh, it was a great book by John O'Donohue. And uh, so anyway, I did, it, it was just a, it was kind of an accident, a beautiful accident. And, and the back to the 15 songs, I was kind of hesitant about that. Steven, my co-producer guy, he, and he was my drummer too, but um, he wanted, he said, man, they're all just so good. And I said, yeah, but 15, that's a lot, man. You know? And uh, you know, and I think the reason records are shorter now is just because people's attention span, you know? And yeah. uh, so just, you know, Ted talks are only what 17 minutes. Cause they figured out that's as long as you can get anyone to concentrate, you know, records should be like 17 minutes. Then. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you, know, you know, three song album. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so that's it. So we just, you know, I'm, it's, um, it's, uh, a bad habit of mine to lean into things that I know aren't good for me. And uh, so I, I'm glad I'm, I'm happy to hear you say that. You know, I, I, cause I think a lot of times when, you know, when there's a great record and this is a great record, when there's a great record and it's only 10 songs long and, and I, you know, I, I understand sometimes there's only 10 songs or sometimes those 10 songs are what they need for that particular record. But for me, I always want more. I want more from the songwriters I, that I respect right. and love, you know? So, like, I'm glad that I got more from you. I'm glad I right. got these 15 songs. Yeah. yeah, it's over an hour, too. Yeah, which I was like, oh, my God, you know? But whatever. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, long form in general, I, I know, and you're exactly right with people's attention spans. I, I get that. But I also think there's a lot of us who, <clears throat> and, and I'll admit that my own attention span has is waning, right? I mean, sure. I'm, I'm a victim of, yeah. Of, of, of technologies, like, just like anybody else in today's world, like, like anybody else, but, um, but I still will sit with the record, 
you know, I'll still sit and especially like if I have a physical copy, I'll sit and I'll put it on and I'll listen and I'll just spend time in that record. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a lot of us that feel that way, you know? Yeah. 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 And, and uh, mine too. And, you know, I have, I have an 11 year old and I, and I call it like the swipe generation because I see it uh, with, you know, the very, not to sound impossibly old, but, you know, to see my daughter and her friends, everything's very ephemeral and, and uh, disposable and friendships and relationships and they, the way they turn on people, it's this, it's just like next, 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 next. I mean, everything. Yeah. Next yeah. th- buy, purchase, the next TV show, next movie, next bin to watch, next whatever. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That, that we could spend a lot of time on that. That's, I work with middle schoolers. And so, yeah, so I, I see that, I see a lot of that and, and help trying to navigate that as a teacher and, and, and help, help kids to, to both get what they need in terms of not only the knowledge that they need, but also the social skills and the emotional skills that they need. Um, in a world where legislatures are attacking that, I mean, in Florida, that's that they're going after social emotional learning and trying to eliminate it they are eliminating it from the curriculum and making really? it just straight up illegal. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's wild, man. What would, that, um, what would that entail? Social and emotional learning. What do you, what do you mean when you say that? Yeah. So, so in the last, probably I'm, I'm just from my own experience speaking here last probably tw- 10 years, there has been a push toward providing space in class for kids to develop skills where they can ha- ha- to help them deal with their emotions. Mm. Right. And so that's things like mindfulness. That's things like incorporating, I incorporate yoga breaks into my class, for example. Yeah. So like you talked about six, 17 minutes. So let's say I've got a 12 year old, right. Um, their attention spans usually a bit like 13, 14 minutes. Right. So, um, every 12 or 13 minutes, um, I'm going to stop, give them a chance to take a break. That could just be, we're going to take some deep breaths. Right. Right. That could be, we're going to take a very quick yoga break. We're just going to kind of hit dancer real quick. Right. <laughs> that's awesome. I and love then, it. And then back to work, you know? Right. And, and that's no, all just on you. You That's just your idea or do other teachers do this or a lot of teachers do it there. Really? Yeah. There, there's uh, there's literature out there. There's a book called um, teach, breathe, learn. I don't think I have my copy here anymore. I think I gave, gave my last copy to somebody, okay. but. Uh, it's a great, great book that has transferable skills for parenting, for, um, you know, just for your own life. I mean, right. just learning how to giving kids those skills to be able to go like, all right, I'm angry right now. Why am I angry? Right. right? And because so often kids don't know why they're angry. Right. And it's, it's deeper rooted. It's almost right. always not the thing that's right in front of them. It's sure. something deeper. Yeah. And so there has been kind of this, this bigger global push in, in American education to incorporate those skills. Because like, if a kid doesn't feel safe and controlled, they can't fucking learn. Like if a kid's kid's brains are on fire, you know, I mean, all of our brains are on fire right now. Imagine being 11. Right. 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 Um, And so to provide them with those skills, um, you know, and, and the, the culture war argument that, that Republican legislators are, are making is the idea that, they think that's rooted in some sort of Eastern religion or right. some shit. Right. Which I guess it is, sure, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and that's bad. Why? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Right. 
exactly. But just finding those moments, I mean, not only for kids, but for, you know, for adults, like, I mean, how often, thankfully I have an amazing therapist who reminds me to do that stuff, you know, yeah. to, to bring my awareness back to my breath and to right. reality test situations. Um, otherwise, you know, my demons would take over. Sure. There's a great, um, uh, thing I had heard that's compared like the, the mentality of Eastern versus Western is that Western people go, Oh my God. Oh my God. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm not in control. And the Eastern version is relaxed. You're not in control. It's the same thing. You're not in yeah. control. Both admit that one freaks out about it. One's calmed by it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. That is, that is the constant work. Right. Like yeah. for me, that is the constant work that, that yeah. idea of control. Yeah. Right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't remember if we talked about this last time, but speaking of, of control, how, how comfortable are you in the process of making a record to cede some control to a producer or to, um, you know, how, how comfortable are you with your babies? <laughs> Yes, okay. not not great at it, uh, but I I have that conversation with myself, dude. You you don't always have the best ideas, you know. Like just and and certain things I'll hear for the first time and go, oh yeah, I hate it, hate it, hate that. And then Heather will be like, what was that? That was so cool. And I'll be like, that. And then he'll listen again, and then it'll be like Stephen will have done something with the guitar part, and and then she's like, oh, that's so great. And I'm like. Is it? I don't even know what's great anymore. <laughs> so, okay, great. And so that's my ego. He's just putting up a block. So I'll just, you know, so I'm not great at it, you know, because I always think I know best and I don't. And I know that I don't. However, that's a internal battle that I constantly fight. Yeah. That's a hard thing too, because what is best? Right? Yes. Also, right. that's the other thing. You got to right. trust your intuition to some extent, but also if somebody else's ears are on, especially somebody who you respect, right. like the, right. you know, like it, that's a really tough it is. balance. It is. And it's fun. And now that thing, that specific thing I was even telling you about is like one of my favorite parts on the album. That's the great. Thing I, hated at, I hated it at first. That's so funny. Can you share what that is? It's in Marlowe. It's the guitar solo. Oh, yeah. interesting. I was just yeah, listening to Marlowe it's earlier. Weird sounding. And I, oh, no, 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 no. That's just, yeah. I mean, it was funny. It was intense, immediate reaction, negative. So, but now I love it. Yeah. That's funny. That's really, really funny. Um, yeah, that's a great, man, that's a great tune is, you know, you haven't shied away from talking about, um, recovery and addiction, both, you know, in your, in your life and in your music. Am I right to say that this record explores some of those themes more than normal? It does. Well, I think that, yes. And so, and, uh, yeah, it seems like I'm just clearer about it now because I think my descent into madness was intentional at first. And then it just got the best of me and then I couldn't get out, you know, but I went down to the subterranean to seek it because I lived a very sheltered life and I didn't know the underground at all. And I mean, even Brian Kaufman, like, you know, like when we first were in LA together, I'd never been to a strip joint. I'd been drunk once in my life. And I said, I want to see the gutter. And, uh, and he had said, uh, filled with remorse later he said i never would have showed it to you had i known you would take it down so far um mm. so i couldn't get out and it was i mean it was quite enjoyable for a long time but um but now i think i'm able it's like trying to write about your nose when i was in it i 
I was, I thought I was writing about my nose, but I couldn't even see it very well because I was so immersed in it. So now, you know, I'm, I'll, I'm over there and I'm going, oh, look at all this stuff I didn't really notice. So I think there's just perspective I have on it now that really I went down there to investigate it and stay down there and thought I was doing my work. But really, I was just immersed in this molasses of things. And, and now I'm just going, oh, I can write about this better from here, from this perch, as yeah. opposed to being down there. It, it was a foolish endeavor, you know, to go think you could write about something. by. I guess you do have to immerse yourself in it in some degree. But um, but now I'm, I, I, to answer your question, yes, um, I, I think a lot of it is, I, I think a maybe even more so and more it's certainly more clear than the past records, I think, because there's more of a understanding of it, I think. Oh, uh, that's interesting. It, I don't think I've ever, at least on this show, heard somebody describe that they kind of went down there seeking yeah. the darkness, you know, yeah. rather than, because so often I think with, with addiction, it's like, it kind of sneaks up on you. Yes. Right. Whereas... Well, I, yeah, they say that you're you're drunk before you drink, you know, so I think I had it was a perfect storm of sorts. I think maybe that was what was compelling me to immerse myself in that is because I had all those, you know, all those personality quirks, defects, whatever you want to call it. But so it was a it was a beautiful, you know, once we met, it was on, you know, so I think it was I was going to get there eventually. I just went down there. I went knocking on the door first, you know. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall when you and Koppelman are going to a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we would do all kinds of things, you know. Uh, we, I mean, we would just gag ourselves. Like we went to this party. I remember with with people that became very famous, and uh, we went. And the plan was is that I was going to not speak. And I was going to wear a robe like Vinny the Chin. And I had a, yeah, so I wore a bathrobe. And so we went to this party. And so he, people would be like, oh, so you're my, you know, and Brian was known to these people because he was kind of famous in, in, in then even, you know, because he's signed Tracy Chapman and all this stuff. And, and it was a music industry party. And so people knew who I was because there was this big signing, which was me. And so they would say something to me like, oh, so you're in L.A., you're making your first record. And then I'd lean to Brian and I'd whisper in his ear and then he would say, Michael said, uh, yeah, he's it's uh, he's recording out, in the, you know, and so he would do this. And it was just this crazy. I mean, we would just do all kinds of crazy things. And, uh, you know, and he'd say, you know, whether, it would, you know, we'd be in a sushi restaurant, write a song, you know, like and I they would be going out and he'd make me go to David Levine's house and you got to go write a song about that waitress. And then they'd go out and I'd be like, oh man, like, you know, it was, I, you know, he'd force, give me these assignments and, you know, like, I want to go out and like, nope, write a song first. And then they'd come back a few hours later and I'd have to play him the song. It was funny. Oh so, my gosh. That's, oh, so glad you shared all that. What <laughs> a fun story. Yeah. What? And I didn't even really like, and then Brian since has said, do you know who this, like, and he would name me the people that were there. I was like, oh, you're kidding. Like, you know, Cause I was just, it was just so, it's a weird night, but I can't say who it was, but um, yeah. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun. Dude. That <laughs> is so wild. Are, can you, are you the assignment, assignment like that? It, it, does, does your writing process work that way? If, if, if you're given an assignment. 
that was like 21. So it was just all, you know, I was in LA making a record. It was all just yeah. mind blowing. So I, you know, I think it, we recorded that song for the first record, didn't use it, but, um, uh, but yeah, it, uh, no, it wouldn't work like that at all. I think on what in the world, there was a song called mother Emmanuel that was like a, a homework assignment where I wanted to write about something that I didn't know anything about didn't know enough about that I needed to research and I didn't know how to research. And then my friend TJ English, who writes these uh, true crime books, or I don't know if that's what you'd call them, but so he's like, well, what you need to do, you need to get in touch with it. Oh, okay. And I reached out to the pastor and the pastor was very suspicious and rightfully so to have some, you know, white kid from, you know, Chicago wanting to like, you know, he didn't know probably what my angle was and, you know, my intentions, you know, that what somebody you're going to come down and write some salacious, because originally I thought that would be an album. I, I thought what in the world would be an album about, about uh, Mother Emanuel and each victim would have a song and I would go deep on each person. And then the last song on the record would be Dylan Roof and, I, and he'd have a song. And yeah, I thought that was my, my concept, you know, which I thought that would, could have been interesting. It would probably would have been a little too much, but anyway, the pastor was not interested in helping me. And I tried a few times and then I just did a lot of any research I could do and had notebooks on each victim and I'd had notes on everybody and pictures on the cover. So I could get, anyway, it didn't work out. It turned out to be a song, but, um, but yeah, writing assignments are rough for me, you know, just, yeah. Yeah. Uh Wow. Okay. So that seems like a really, excuse me, my body's adjusting to the Florida humidity from (laughs) after being out West for 10 days. Right. Um, that, so that song is a, is a stunning song and a standout on that record. And which is a, a, a great record top to bottom. That seems like a really heavy place to be in though. Yeah. To it was, do that it research. Was awful. It was awful. It was yeah, horrible. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I was like almost a crazy person. Uh, I had notebooks all over the floor and Heather would come in and be like, oh my God, what is all this? You know, and like pictures of, you know, these, you know. So it was, uh, yeah, it was uh, an interesting exercise. Uh, you know, it certainly gets you into the into the head of these people and, you know, the conversations and you read these things. And the funny thing about it, the, the most amazing thing that I don't think I talked about in the song at all was for, so there's this issue of forgiveness. And at Dylan Roof's, hearing one of the victim's sisters said i forgive you and another family victim was outraged you i don't allow you to forgive him and it it's very gets very tricky terrain there because in judaism you you can only be forgiven by the person you inflict upon so basically if you kill somebody you can never really be forgiven while you're alive because that person's gone. They, they have to be the ones to forgive you. So it, it was really, it was a fascinating thing about forgiveness, I thought, uh, how some people can forgive and how people were angry that the other people forgave them, like almost as if you can't, I don't allow you to forgive them. And it was, it was a really great, fascinating thing for me, at least it, it was fascinating. And I, I couldn't write about it. It was, it's too complex. And I, I don't think I get it really, but it's, uh, it's something I think about from time to time. Wow. How, how about in you personally with forgiveness, how, 
How, how good are you at that? How I'm not good. I was growing up, I was the no sorries kid. So when anybody in the neighborhood would do something to me, I'd and they'd say they'd come before I told on them or whatever. And I'd say no sorries, you know, because I was always hanging out with older people, but I was no sorries. That was like my nickname, no sorries. Because I was this Irish a dog and it with a bone and resentments and and uh yeah i'm bad with resentments or you know that steered my life away from me really uh being angry being uh resentful and bitter you know those are things that i i struggle with to this day you know terrible interesting you mentioned uh judaism and forgiveness this record and i i said earlier that it seems like there's more discussion of recovery and addiction than some yeah. of your past work. Yeah. Is there more, another thing that jumped out at to me is sort of spirituality as mm. a, as a thread going through the record. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I, I think so. I hope so. Uh, because it was, it was just this, this, um, I don't know why my brain worked like it did. It just, I kept going back to these things and kind of like, Oh, Irene's in this one too. Like, and it's just, I kind of felt these characters kind of, you know, making multiple appearances in my head and in this template of, of what, you know, Chicago. And then really it was kind of like what it is, is for me, at least it was like Wicker Park during in Chicago during the late nineties through the late 2000, 2000 up to 2008. And it was like a burgeoning, you know, there was a lot of music and, you know, the Urge Overkill, the Pumpkins, Liz Fair and and myself and Material Issue. And there was this community of people and crazy people. And it was like Seattle, like it was like Seattle light, you know, it was like the second version of Seattle in the early 90s. And then, you know, but um, but it was just a bunch of people. It was like a real like neighborhood. And then there's even like neighborhoods within neighborhoods and. And whether, you know, everybody had their own bar and like that was their bar. And, and and I love that. And I guess I think it goes, and I just was thinking about it because now, as you said, you've been inside for so long and I, I me too, but, and I don't, I'm a recluse by nature, but I think, you know, we do better with other people and people that live longer have the best relationships and the best interactive relationships where we have a lot of interactions online socially, but we have very few connections anymore, at least me. And, uh, and so it's, you know, I I always if you know, and funny Larry David said something like, "When anybody cancels on me, I want to send them flowers." You know, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm kind of like that. Like, oh, you can't make it. That's fine, man. No worries. No worries at all. Yeah. And and that's bad. And I know the more I go isolate, the worse I get. All, all of it just starts breeding. It's a breeding ground. It's a bad, bad garden. And um, so. Um, but yeah, this record, I found myself going back to a lot of the things I felt really unresolved about, uh, relationships and, and people and, you know, um, and it was the beginning of, of, a, of a terrible, of a lot of, you know, people died and drugs and all that and crime and guns. And, um, so yeah, it, I think that I, I, there was a lot I had to go back to, but I think hopefully that, and I appreciate you saying that, that. There's a lot of forgiveness and like, and, and I'm okay. I got to, I'm finally okay through this process of, of a lot of that time. I think. Yeah. It feels like there's a, there's a hopefulness to it. That's rooted in something uh, spiritual. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Cause there is, you know, it's a, it's a letting go, letting go can be a very profoundly spiritual thing, you know, and it's, 
And it's like, again, I'm not in control. And, and, you know, we try to hang on to these things, man, that we want to like, it's, it seems like I spend so much time trying to make right for the, all I've done wrong. And, and it's an impossible endeavor. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, I used to wake up every morning thinking, who do I have to send flowers to? Because I was always wreaking such havoc on everyone. And, uh, and it was just, a, you know, it was, like, it was a great, if you're prone to shame, that kind of behavior is perfect. It was just, it all fed each other. And uh, so anyway, uh, I, I was saying goodbye to, I think a lot of that with this record. Yeah. Man, that's great to hear. <clears throat> yeah. I, I'm definitely prone to shame and yeah. like thinking about writing, like for me, I haven't, I don't think I've done a whole lot of like direct damage to folks right. in my life. Yeah. But I think that a lot of my added the attitudes and beliefs that I grew up with being raised the way I was in the place that I was and having to come to terms with like how destructive some of those things were and how, how much uh, damage those have done to me and to, to, to my psyche um, and not being overly uh, woe is me about it. Right. But also recognizing that like, I have, I have a responsibility. I feel a responsibility to do, to, to do the opposite. And, yes. And to, to, and to counter, cycle. to counter right. those attitudes. Right. Yeah. Right. And that cycle, like it ends with me. It's the, yeah. Like, I'm not going to perpetuate that on anybody else. And that song going back to the, what in the world die with me is like, you know, like with my daughter and addiction and all that, like it fucking ends here. Like all that shit, that all that baggage, I just, I want to cut the tether. And so it doesn't poison her, you know, like, you know, like it's important to me to not put my shit on her, you know? Right. Right. Oh, that's, that's great. It's beautiful. So it sounds like that the St. Paul's Boulevard is, is inspired by a, that's kind of that a place in time. Is, is that accurate to say? And so like, what was that? Cause it sounded almost when you were talking about that time in Chicago, it sounded like there was this tension between like all of this beauty, beauty, and then all there's like some loss and some pain in there. Yeah. Like what, what was it like? Was it like you and Billy Corgan going out and having beers together? Like what was, what was that? What was that scene like? What were well, you- I think that's why I think because, uh, because there was success, you know, then people flooded there. Like, uh, cause I was in Seattle, believe it or not in 92, right after Pearl Jam and Nirvana. And I, so I, you know, and that scene was crazy and it was great. And there were so many lunatics and it was perfect for a 23 year old, you know, like, oh my God, it was awesome. Um, so then going then later to Chicago, I mean, I'm not going there, I lived there. So then going back to Chicago and then it was kind of a similar thing. It was just like, anytime there's any amount of pseudo celebrity and success that it'll just attract a lot of a feeding frenzy of sorts. And so I, you know, I met Billy and, and, uh, but I didn't, you know, you know, done drugs and, and all that, not with Billy, uh, but other people I won't mention, but, uh, um, but yeah, but everybody had their own thing and it was all kind of like a big, everybody was trying to big time each other a little bit. We were all cordial, but it was, uh, um, it was, um, I was more in the, you know, I kind of probably took it. Uh, in a different direction, you know, because of all the, I, I was more attracted to the lunacy of it and, and they, they weren't, they were smarter, you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But um, it was, 
it was uh, it was an exciting time, and I think that's another thing that was it made such an imprint. Mm-hmm. Was like everybody was kind of like doing good, and like who was going to outdo and whose records coming out, and and it was a lot of really healthy competitiveness. Not that I competed with those guys. I was what I was doing was very different, but mm-hmm. um, but it was you know you kind of kept an eye on everybody else, and so that was nice that there was community. I haven't been a part of a community as fucked up as that community was. I haven't even been a part of a community since then, really. Man, I you know, that that we keep coming back to that idea of like needing each other and needing yeah. connections, but also enjoying sort of enjoying your own company, right? Like, right, right. I, 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 right. I like so my the, own company. Me too. Yeah. You know? Um, but I think and and that's it is so important though, and it's important to talk about. There was a uh, I believe it was Hidden Brain, uh, the podcast Hidden Brain that talked about how specifically men in America struggle maintaining male friendships as they get older and that family starts to take precedence we start to lean uh men start to lean on their their romantic partners more right right um and they and that why, becomes why, why do they say or, or, or um i i don't want to butcher the the, the okay. you know the study but like it's just the idea that like a lot of times we men are sort of uh discouraged from reaching out for help mm. and that like we have we should be the one that is like i got my shit okay. together i'm an adult you know i'm right. a man right. or whatever and the reality is we need the help more just as much right. as anybody right? right and like we need to be able to to cry with our friends and we need to right. be able to to call them when shit hits the fan and um that's something i've been trying to consciously work on the last couple of years is like if i need my buddies I'm going to reach out to my buddies, you know, good. Sometimes- and you just went on a trip and that's awesome. You know, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, it's good. You'll live longer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and, but, but it's a commitment because yeah. it's so easy to fall into the routine of like, Hey, I'm good. I'm, I'm here by myself. I'm making my music or I'm writing or I'm doing whatever I'm doing that makes me happy. And I got, you know, I got my partner and like, I'm good here. I don't need anything right. else. But the reality is you do need both. Do. Right. Do yeah, and it's like, and every time I piss and moan about having to go out and do something, I'm or meet somebody, I'm always happy I did. Mm. Always, always, I never go. Good, that was a waste of time. I'm always yeah. like, just feel like a little brighter, a little lighter. You know, that's how I feel about going to shows. You know, it's yeah. like every time I go see live music, I never leave leave a show and and oh. go. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. What a waste <laughs> of time. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But so often I'll talk myself out of it. I'll be like, ah, doors are at eight. Like, I know. And then like, <laughs> their general admission, I know. Oh, fuck, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally, man. I hear it. I, I know yeah. all the excuses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Michael, this has been such a pleasure as always. Yeah, um, man. It's like I'm, therapy talking to you. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I feel the same way. Um, what we, we typically end... Uh, on what you're getting down on so the art that has you inspired music or a book you've been reading or a film or okay TV. um geez well i um i'm reading a great book now and I, I, right when you said that i'm like what's his name yeah. uh because <laughs> it's, uh, it's on my kindle you know you don't look at it's not like a book cover sitting out on the couch right that you, uh, it's called oh my god um it's hold on can i we yeah can, yeah this um we can shoot. edit oh patrick radden keith okay and the name of the book is rogues true stories of grifters killers rebels and crooks it's not artistic but it's great it's fascinating and uh um 
Wait, where did you go now? I can't see. Oh, there you Sounds great. Um, yeah, yeah, it's great. It's and, and they're like I think I think it's just a collection of his New Yorker stories, and it's just about all you know, very funny stuff. But um, so yeah, beyond that, I haven't done. Uh, I'm getting ready for the final six episodes of Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. Um, I so uh, the um, Stranger Things I did with my daughter. Mm. Uh, but yeah that not a, not a lot not, there's not a lot going on with me yeah that's all right yeah. i'll have to check out that book that sounds really yeah it's a great book great book yeah. yeah um man st paul's boulevard just a, a gorgeous record and uh, you knocked it out of the park again you Thank are you. It, your music is is uh, at once timeless but also very relevant to the moment and um, that has been true throughout your career and maybe, maybe no better example than this particular record. Oh, thank you. So um, thank you so much for everything. Thank you. I love your room too. I love, it's been great. Thank you. At- thank you. Did we just do it on the phone last time or did we do it? We did it on the phone last oh, time. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's great. I'm so yeah. grateful for this. Yeah. That- Me too. And I appreciate your time, man. And, yeah. uh, and, and hopefully I'll get to meet you someday in person. I would love that. I I would love, I've never gotten a chance to see you live. So I'm yeah. hoping that one of these days we're in the same town and you're playing music. Cause I'd love to see so. that. All right. All right, man. All right. Best Have a great you. rest of your day. Right, thank Thanks. You. you too. Feels like my future's in the review me. Michael McDermott, y'all. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank all of you for listening. Michael-McDermott.com for all things Michael McDermott. The song you're hearing in this episode is Sick of This Town from his record St. Paul's Boulevard. That song just really, really landed with me, and I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you enjoy the whole record, which if you haven't listened, I feel confident that you will, and you'll love it. MarinadePodcast.com for all things The Marinade, including written pieces, photography, our online store, and more. Give us a follow on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. We've been having so much fun over there. I've been trying to let a little bit more of my personality come out and a little bit more of my day-to-day life come out on on social media, and it's been fun. I've been hesitant to do that for so long. And uh, now that I'm doing it, it's been a lot of fun. So join us over there on those channels. Subscribe and give us a five-star rating on your podcast app. Tell a friend about the show. These are all free ways to support the marinade. If you really like what we're doing, please consider joining our Patreon community, where for just a few bucks a month, you can gain access to Patreon-exclusive content like our show, Jason's Journey, where I talk about the moments that shape my creative life and provide a window into the process of making the marinade. I also post what I'm getting down on. I'm actually about to do one right after this episode. Once I finish editing this episode, I'm going to record a special what I'm getting down on, which is an examination of the art that is inspiring me at the moment. 
I'm going to go through my favorite records of the year and I actually have physical copies of those records. So I'm going to go through and kind of talk about them and record a video. That's the kind of stuff that we do over on Patreon. We've been known to get together for Patreon happy hours, patreon.com slash marinade podcast. If you are interested in diving a little deeper into the show, if you want to support the show financially, but you don't want to commit to a monthly subscription, you can Venmo or PayPal us just at the marinade. All the money goes right back into the making of the marinade. Right now, that means saving up to cover some festivals, including the wonderful Americana Fest coming up in September. Check out our new weekly title playlist. It's called Marinade Musings. You can find that on our social media pages and by typing Marinade Musings into the title search. Title has a free tier now, so if you are holding back from using it because of the paywall, fret no more. Marinade Musings is a short list of songs that I find interesting. It's stuff that I'm letting marinate at the moment. Y'all, I'm so grateful for these conversations. This Michael McDermott was just wonderful, as it as he was the last time. I mean, I, I think back to that first episode I recorded with him, and it's just another one of those thank you all so much because without you, this doesn't happen. Right. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for spreading the word. I appreciate y'all. Until next time, go out and create something. Cheers, y'all.